Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I am here with Nick Hare, Chris Ragg and Peter Coggill of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing the revenge of the sea. Nick, killer whales, discuss. Right, they're living up to their name, aren't they? <laughs> so they've, they are, um, the, have you, the orcas are striking back at last. They've had enough of yes. us doing things like fishing and sailing around in there. Putting all they, our poop in the water. Yeah, exactly. And quite Stealing rightly. Stealing their babies. You might, you might think that they have a point. But anyway, they are... They should stick to the somersaults. They're now um, ramming boats. And this apparently is taking off all over the world. There are stories of orcas ramming so boats. Just like apocalyptic. In that, just yeah. like in that, in that film, Jaws. Yes. Um, uh, and not just that, but you'll have heard of the, tra- the Titan tragedy. Mm. The mainstream media would have you believe that this was caused by poor engineering choices and and 400 atmospheres of pressure. But right. who's What's to the truth? say? What's the truth? Who's really? to say yeah. it's not the work of some betentacled denizen of the deep or a killer whale or another orca? I don't know if they can go that deep, but let's just can. go for it. Right. But the, the point crackling. is that the point is that um, the sea, which used to be our friend, yes, has turned against us. Yes. So I want to ask the simple question. In a war twixt land and sea, who would win, and how how would it how would this war play out, yeah. and what would we do if if we had to fight the fish, and what would they do if they had to fight us? Yeah. I, 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 by the way, I, mean, I just want to put. I know that orcas aren't fish, right? But let's we need to talk about who's yes, actually involved. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Lots of things. Well, they'd be on the side of the fish, fish probably. For, well, for I mean, they, there you go. We need to. We need well, to I don't know. They that. eat a lot of them. Well, exactly. That's what's unusual about yeah, it. Yeah. Could the yeah. fish actually ever work together, or are they? Yeah, my enemy's anyway. en- my enemy's enemy. Right, so um, there's the question. World War C. Yeah, um, who is best equipped to to pick up that question first? It remi- well, it, remi- it reminds me of a Doctor Who script. So maybe we've got we've got we've got a playbook <laughs> already. Ah, uh, what excellent. happens? Uh, well, it's the, the Sea Devils, I believe. Um, uh, they 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 re I think they reoccur. They 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 were present in one of the earlier Doctor Who's to start with, but I think they reoccurred uh, in one of the recent ones with. Jodie Whittaker, right? Um, I can't. No, I don't know anything about them. Other oh. than I do, I do remember being incredibly petrified by the episode, the early episode when I was little. Um, they look like humans, but in a kind of green suit with fins <laughs> on their head. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, like all the Doctor Who monsters, they look like humans with with, with, with prosthetics. On them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> with cricket equipment. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a good start, right? We've got to start somewhere yeah. in our sort of our our sort of fight back. Um, yeah. So what's the yeah? So how does this help us? Well, um, uh, it probably doesn't really, because uh, we haven't got a TARDIS, <laughs> so we can't get out of trouble that, that way. Okay, um, so first we need to get a TARDIS. But I, well, I just let's, let's 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 think about this in kind of practical terms. So the sea is big, mm. right? Yeah, land is less big. Mm. Yeah. Um, so if we take sort of mama- uh, so if we take aquatic mammals, whales and dolphins, etc., assuming right. they kind of team up because they're all basically the same you think they're going to join in with the fish yeah, yeah. i think and that's I think, a fair assumption so, so and i think cetaceans get together yeah. with and the, i think yeah, we could it, probably yeah. we could probably rally the great apes on they're, our side as yeah, well yeah. although they're pretty in you they're pretty small numbers i i don't think they've had a good time at the hands of humans i think they might demand some concessions before they join in probably yeah yeah the, their own continent yeah. or something yeah yeah, yeah. keep going um uh so i I, so I was thinking in terms of like so biomechanically right how 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 would we fare in sort of 
open warfare under the sea versus how would dolphins yeah. fare in open warfare on the land? So if we make an excursion into the sea, yeah. we'd have to get we'd have to get our diving suits and everything on. Yeah. And um, assuming that they're capable of it, if they wanted to invade land, they would have to put some sort of similar suit on to keep the, although they're they're breathers they you know they breathe air like we do yeah um so they they and they can probably operate how are they going to do the stitching altitude. on the suit well exactly yeah no, don't so worry about that um, assuming that they can assuming they have technology that's comparable to ours which peter do do uh, does a fish uh put on like a would it be a mask would a fish wear a mask <laughs> which which f where water flows through okay, it some, some, if they're yeah, on some, land yeah. something like that okay. well, they have to compressed cover, water you yeah. have, have, have to cover their gills as well so you have but to it, yeah actually but it is interesting you can't compress water right so you can put a lot of oxygen in a small tank and we can take it underwater mm. but can they put like the oxygen in the well they, i guess they just aerate the water as from the air. Oh, from the air. Yeah. Of course. Like you do with a fish tank. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of technical questions to answer. Yeah. I, 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 I that Peter, I like uh, this. We're going to need Peter's engineering expertise for sure, both to understand how we fight, but also how we defend ourselves. But there's a, a few questions we need to answer first. And I also want to pick, um, pick Peter up on his uh, chauvinism. His yeah. Mammalian show. He what, said lumping there, old sea creatures in together? No. He said, he said land creatures i just want to point out this is not there's land underwater if you were to interview a crab he'd say what do you think i'm standing on you know cotton wool yeah. it's not la there's land underwater this is about breathing air versus breathing water and right. whose side are the amphibians on that's right right know. so so they're what crucial the to perimeter defense i know well, i know so that's I, what i, I see I wanna... the amphibians as being the eventual negotiators when we come to a stalemate yeah so so we need to answer this uh this is very important and then you've got things like otters and so on i mean you know <laughs> if you've got uh orcas being pick a side otters yeah yeah yeah. what about um, the duck-billed platypus uh, i mean i, I know they, yeah. a nightmare yeah. so so let me just tell you the assumptions that i'm making and you Go can on. tell me if they're wrong so we can rule out Plants. Wrong. No, bacteria. Sorry. Bacteria, they're not involved. Ooh, the fungi. archaea. Fungi. What about the fungi? The viruses, protists, and fungi, I'm assuming, do not really have much skin in this game. Okay. In fact, they probably want everyone to lose because all we do is eat them. So they probably think the fewer uh, organisms, yeah, but they, fewer they animals, live on our, on our bodies as um, well. They, they can also live on dead wood and stuff, so they're not mm. fussed. Uh, marine arthropods are clearly in the fish gang. I'm talking crabs, lobsters, shrimps, etc. Yeah. Um, fish obviously join the fish gang yeah. um and uh together what about like, lungfish uh together uh, fish and marine arthropods this is going to blow your mind are are about 50 percent of all biomass Ooh. yeah um so mollusks now this is a really tricky one because it's going to turn out turn out to be quite important where the mollusks go uh, i'm talking snails slugs yeah obviously with us, with the air people. Mm -hmm. However, squids, cuttlefish, octopus, very intelligent creatures, mm. probably likely to form the kind of in core equivalent of the uh, <laughs> of the of the fish world. That they they are going to be, I would think, the leaders of the fish world. So they will join. I think all of those kind of squids and stuff. They're all going to join the fish gang. Um, Canadarians. Uh, What's that? jellyfish sea anemones corals yeah. i see them as probably they're famously quite stupid a lot of them don't even have brains but they can be used for perimeter defense just let, put all the jellyfish out uh you know uh. protecting the 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 littoral zone um uh, what does that leave us with we get uh all humans obviously livestock cows 
whatever use they're going to be. Um, and then, uh, the and then uh, annelids. I think annelids, so earthworms and leeches and things, will join uh, join on our side. But of course, half of annelids are uh, are marine anyway. The sea worms and sea mice and so on. What I'm saying is, Fraser McGrew, is we are hugely outnumbered. Would they have more? They have more uh, surface area, which mm. they can live in. And they, there's way more of them. I think probably 10 or more times more biomass on their side than there is on our side. Do you want to go, you go run off and join the ah, jellyfish? Grow yourself a backbone, okay? <laughs> you, 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 you're letting the side down here, Nick. Yeah, he's been um, very defeatist, hasn't he? Yeah, it? this is, yeah. It's all so over, guys. I think, I think Start breathing water now because it's Henry all over. Henry V at Cressy, yeah. would, if he, I mean, would if he had carried on like this? No. Once more okay. onto the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's not all about quantity. Um, anyway, uh, well, also Chris. they've got more space to to yeah. occupy and hold, right? Because yeah. uh, you know, so so surface area, pure surface area, uh, land one hundred forty nine million square kilometers, sea three hundred sixty one million square kilometers. But of course, uh, there are three dimensions in the sea that you have to worry mm -hmm. about. Uh, so there's, there's actually... Uh, I think birds might think there are three dimensions in the air as well. Well, there are three dimensions in the air, but there aren't three dimensions in the land. Well, I suppose it, if you go are. up a mountain. It's but, two and a but half. But it's got a surface. <laughs> yeah, two and a half. We tend yeah. not to use one of them. Anyway, yeah. 1.4 billion cubic kilometres of water in the ocean to patrol. So that's an that's an yeah. order of magnitude. Also, they, they, they can't cover it all. They, I would mean, say they can't cover it all. Their tanks have been heavily manoeuvrous, so they don't really yeah. put much stick in controlling territory like we do because we need to grow plants whereas they just eat the nearest fish so they can move around more it's true i discovered during research that there isn't really like animals in the sea don't really eat plants there's not really the equivalent of things like cows and sheep they, they, that's what, really what they're each other are, they, what about I, know, the sea I know apparently antarctic Manatee. krill are like the most successful organism ever mm. um in terms of sort of numbers and biomass and stuff but yes that's right so they, they really eat um they only eat animals Mm. sea creatures only eat each other I thought that was quite interesting just going back one step um, freshwater fish they've mm. got to be on their side right so yeah. are, are they, they, this presents a, a massive risk oh, to a fifth column yeah because yeah, yeah, rivers and things you know mm. ingress into the land all over the place and they can cause all sorts of mischief um, you know, bombing dams and all sorts of things. So, uh, right, we'll and, and, and also, and Peter touches on something really important which we need to consider. Mm. Does a fish need air? No. Do we need water? Yes. No, no, but fish need oxygen. They do need oxygen. I don't really know how fish work. <laughs> yeah. No, they do. No, Jeez, that's what their gills do. But, yeah, but, yeah, but you but, can't lock up all of the, um, all of the oxygen. Or you can't, you can't, right. you can't prevent them. What well, I'm saying is, if they could you deny, can. if they could deny us access to water, we would be worse off than if we, even if it was possible, if we could deny them access to air. Well, we can't do that. No, the we surface, can. We can't. The surface area we of the water is where the oxygen comes in. We can't block all of that. But I think they can put up a possible Again, perimeter. Again, this is this defeatist around, attitude of okay, yours. I'm which sorry. Is I just don't know what we're going to do. No, but also famously in lakes and stuff, this is what happens when you get low, because they is it algae or whatever. I mean, stuff goes in there. They get unoxygenated. I think that's the technical term. <laughs> um, loads of fish start floating to the um, thing, you know. Okay, so that, that we touches can... touches on a tactic we could employ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, where are we? Who needs to keep yeah. going? Because we've talked about um, who's on which side, a list of stuff. Um, we talked about numbers. Um, well, I, I was considering um, I was considering sort of body forms. So we 
we've got legs and arms and yeah. thumbs, right? Which are quite, all quite helpful. Dolphins and uh, fish have all got little flippers or fins, right? Oh. Right. So we we, we can uh, we can move around relatively competently on land and and in the water. Whereas oh. I suspect if you dump some whales and dolphins onto onto land, they'd really struggle to get about. Yeah. Well, we've seen, true. Have you seen also, them on the beach? Yeah. 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 They tend not to make it back again. <laughs> yeah. They tend to be pretty stuck and dead. But also, um, we yeah, we've got um, yeah gravity on our side in this respect as well, right? Yeah. So because so, they, they, yeah. they they can't they they can't operate outside of water. Water. Is in you know, supports their body structure, whereas we we we've evolved to be on land, and we you know we can we can deal with that. So being almost being in water is a bit of a boon down to a certain depth because then we get crushed. Well, that, that's not a particularly deep depth actually. Yeah. So no, but I think this is interesting actually because it, it, it's where you think the edge, uh, the sort of front line is. Because I think for a um, for us, our natural assumption is the front line front line is the beach. Right. That's where the water mm. is, right? Mm. But I think if you lived in the sea. You'd think the front line was the surface of the ocean. That is how you would see it, I think. And I think it's because of this thing, like actually the thing that defines, you know, where you live in the ocean is 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 up and down. So as a as a, uh, you know, human, I mean, a fish would disagree with Peter because he he's saying that we are actually quite good in the water. A fish will go, what? You can I'm go like you, you can rubbish. just about come into the very, very top of this ocean. Yeah. But you are stuffed uh, if you're if all we've got to do is pull you down and you're dead. Well, and you also know, they can retreat into that space. And exactly, we can't they've got it. they've got. It's very hard for us to operate. Uh, I, I've got a question, but then you then you, you go now, Chris. Well, I was just going to say that 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 deep water zone, which obviously was brought to a lot of prominence uh, uh, through the um, uh, the Titanic uh, submersible um, disaster mm. recently. Um, it's it's called the um, the abyssal and Hadel zone the cool, deepest cool the names. deepest water 4000 to 6000 meters and uh uh hadel after hades you oh, know wow. because um Doesn't presumably good, that's yeah. you know where sort of it was considered the the dead might reside in in some in some way or that it's you know and, and i think that tells us everything we need to know that it's completely uninhabitable for us and of course uh an abyss uh, the word abysmal um, is derived from from abyss, and uh, we don't really like things that are abysmal, do we? So, no. so I think they've got a natural um, what's safe haven. I think is the the sort of military term. Okay, but yeah, I mean, can we not say the same about e.g. a mountain? I mean, if we if we're on the Pennines, what is a fish going to do? Well, we need to discuss. That's where Peter's engineering skills mm. are going to come in. Because so, so I was I was thinking about tactics and strategy. Well, th th this on. is what I want to move us on to. I mean, because first of all, just to say, I think these killer whales have been overreaching themselves, right? Like, bit... You think they've kicked off more than they can? Absolutely, write. absolutely. So I'm they shouldn't pretty... start what they can't finish. Exactly. Killer whales. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, I'm feeling pretty comfortable about this. Um, I think you know this is victory is clear. But let's narrow this down a bit and focus ourselves on strategy and tactics. Mm. Um, Nick. Um, grand strategy. And oh, Sorry. And of course, tied to that, what's our aim? Good point. What's our concept of victory, as they say, in this war, uh, in this never ending war on fish? So um, if so, let's think from the fish point of view. Um, they have got to neutralize our sea power first. 
I, I mean, I think that goes without saying. What do they, you mean? Well, well neutralise our... What enables us to operate in the sea okay. is, uh, you know, stuff like ships and yeah. submarines and okay. things. So how do you take out a submarine if you're a gang of octopuses? I don't know, but we can speculate about that. But I think that's got to be step one. If they can't do that, then, you know, we've got a standoff. Haven't we? I think Jules Verne had a had an idea about that. that yeah, a- well, you need to have a giant a giant squid with mm. massive tentacles. Um, but one area I think they are going to really, the domain they're going to really struggle in is is air, which, of course, is why we need the birds on our side. Um, because I don't, I can, I can imagine, and Peter's going to describe a fantastical machine for a fish to move around on land. <laughs> what I can't imagine is fish inventing flight they, i just can't see how Have that you, would work um flying fish the only the only yes that's true um but the only the only thing like i think sas the only it, the only know. thing i think we've i mean we, this is really we've taken our eye off the ball but if you think back to like there are shipwrecks aren't there all over the world and and if they wanted to reverse engineer our military tech they've got a lot that they can look at how many fish shipwrecks are on land? None. <laughs> They've been very careful about revealing I, I, I their technology. I, I think a disgruntled cormorant might seek, uh, secretly leak the, the secrets of flight to them, actually. Oh, I knew we couldn't trust cormorants. Well, this is one of the things we need to think about, is who might potentially be treacherous on our side, but also who could we tempt from the fish world? Um, what can we offer amphibians? Yeah. Not eating them. We could start. Well, that's we can, easy. That's just we the can, French. We can, we can organize it. We can, we, can, we can sort of give them the status of an apex predator so no, nothing else is allowed to eat them on land. Would we stick to that? I mean, if I was, if I was an amphibian, I wouldn't trust humans. Would anim- any animal trust humans no. to do what we say? No. 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 I mean, if you look at our record of uh, treatment of animals, it's not, it's not brilliant. We either eat them, destroy their habitat domesticate them or other not terribly Just shoot them for things. fun. But this yeah. starts, I'm yeah. sorry to say this, Chris, but you're starting to sound a little bit like a, of a naysayer, mm. a bit like Nick, and I'm frankly worried about your allegiances <laughs> and your commitment to the cause. I do but, spend a lot of time in the sea, it has to be said. Yeah. Okay, um, all right, well, you yeah. know. Your DV is now revoked. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I think there's a, there's a psychological element uh, to this which we've, we've got to sort of think about. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think if you look at um, the, the number of water deities, it's very high. Okay. Very, very high. Um, in Hinduism, each, each body of water is worshipped as a, as a form of God. Uh, you think about the big, the big three Greek gods, mm. um, you, you know, and, and one of them is, one is of them, Poseidon, yeah. uh, you know, and the other is Hades, who've already established That's probably where he lives. at the bottom yeah. of the sea. So, um, you know, they've got two thirds of, of, of the top tier pantheon. Um, and... Uh, yeah, there are you know lots of other major religions have their their primary god as the um, as the sea god. So if you know if it's a, a sort of jihadic call to arms, then they they probably got more gods on their side. Mm. Um, so I think that's that's uh, that's an issue. Um, but also you know if you look at sort of creation myths, you know all all great sort of um, successful wars. You look at the American Revolutionary War or um, they, they have a sense of, you know, creation about them. And, um, you know, if you look at where life started, 
most most horrible most, rumor, most yeah. theories point to to yeah, hydrothermal vents we need some but but, yeah. but there there is there are theories that uh, that are starting to work uh, uh that are starting to gain not parity but but um credence uh that actually the conditions weren't what weren't quite right in the early sea and that perhaps it was hydrothermal systems on earth that uh, created this so we just need to sounds like earthist propaganda yeah, to me we just need to tweak the science a bit in our yeah. in our favor um and and uh, make ourselves the the cradle of um of the gift no, of correct life. It back that's, and that's the, the narrative the story is that we're simply the fish have gone astray <clears throat> Right. And it's our job to go in there yeah. and sort them out. The the apostates that went from land into the, yeah. into the water. Yeah. Correct. Mm. Um, the new orthodoxy, quite right. Uh, Peter, anything to add at this point? Well, I, I think we should probably raise this difficult question of, you know, how much intelligence have we got that uh, they yeah. are developing dangerous weapons? You know, I think it'd be quite easy to not want to knock a dossier together that probably does prove it sufficiently that we preemptive can... strike. That's exactly what you're preemptive yeah. strike. So yeah. yeah, who knows what's going on down in the abyss? No, no weapons in space has ever been. We know more about there. outer space than we do about the depths of the ocean. Well, exactly. That's worrying, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. very worrying. Yeah, we need to do something. Like I that. mean, but seriously, we don't really know that there isn't a, an intelligent race down in the uh, in the uh, you know marinar. Mar Marinara, Mariana. Mariana Trench. Mm. Um, Marinara is a type of pizza, isn't it? Mariana Trench. Do you know? Do, just put, happily getting on with stuff. Who might be perturbed when we start, well, you know, yeah. exploring? And, and, and recent, re recently, um, they've discovered a an enormous sea underneath the underneath the crust of the Earth, four hundred miles down. It's bit, and it contains more water than the rest of the rest of the surface water. So it's an enormous sort of underground sea. I don't know Did if what? I don't know. That so, sounds really cool, if yeah. true. So big, if it's, true. It's bigger than we think it is. You know, there's right. lots of it. Uh, we, so who knows what's down there? Gosh. Well, I mean, the other thing is, if you think about it, uh, in terms of encroachment, um, over the last 30 years, the sea levels have risen 10 centimetres. Uh, you know, that's increasing their territory and decreasing ours. So they're already land grabbing, literally. Yeah. Um, You're saying global not, warming is basically a fish conspiracy. Yeah, I think, I think so. It, yeah. it could be. be, and we've not been vigilant enough. Um, now, what about? We've talked a little bit about strategy. I want to go into the the, the, how, the tech, how the tech works. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe in talking about um, the tech and weaponry, we can that sort of brings in tactics as well, Nick. Oh well, I mean, I'm not the engineer here, but it seems to me that the obviously. So I was saying, you know, they're going to try and wipe out. Okay. How does a how does a squid take out an aircraft carrier? That's where I'm going. And the thing is that have you seen octopuses and stuff when they when they get onto like a boat? They're really yes. quite scary. Yeah. They they are they're fast. They're very soft. They can squeeze into small spaces. I think a million. I I think if you took a million octopuses who you know got their act together and knew what they were doing. And what they could take out an aircraft carrier merely by you could have suicide octopuses whose job is to kind of climb into all the bits and crevices and stuff to stop all the weaponry working. Um, you know, they can squeeze through small gaps. Uh, they can certainly if, I reckon if I was swamped by 20 octopuses, I wouldn't stand a chance. I have to sort of say, like, so this octopuses thing, I presume yeah. this is you're doing this as, a, as an intentional insult to octopi. Right. Anyway, octopodes, um, I think. Is yeah. Right there. 
Um, so yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> Time for diplomacy is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, so I, so I, yeah. So I, I actually think I, I think we're complacent about thinking that our tech is going to work against, um, you know, against a, a sort of coordinated attack by mm. uh, by squid. But let's let's assume let's assume that I'm right. Let's consider the worst case scenario and the the fish gang wipe out our vessels, our surface and subsurface vessels are wiped out. Now they have to go into an expeditionary mode. How do they invade the world of land and air? Yes. Peter, when you think top about, fish scientist. When you think about cracks, yeah. To, when you think about defence and attack, uh, so we're talking about defence really now. Let's take uh, this, yeah. Peter. I mean, should we be broadcasting this publicly? I know, this given is, that yeah. they might be listening. Yeah, yeah. Do they have podcasts under the water? I don't know. I'm an area of my fish science that I'm weaker on. Um, so, well, tough one. So, uh, d yeah, we we talked a bit about the uh, the sort of physiology of it, uh, but breathing apparatus. I, I think it, I think it's generally easier for them to build a breathing apparatus than it is for us. I think the technology they need is quite simple. They just need something that circulates the water around whatever breathing apparatus they have underwater, that, and it's aerated by the air, so it could be self-contained. So, like a little motor or something, which that takes air in and yeah. and bubbles how, it through the. Uh, let's, uh, how the, are they going to just keep using the same water, but yeah. they just reoxygenate? So, yeah, okay, exactly. so that solves that. So we've got to worry no, about that. Is, how do they work? The, how do the, fish work? Whereas the equivalent for us would be a rebreather thing that yeah. sort of, that would recirculate the air. Correct. But that's quite bulky. Yeah. Power power draining equipment. So can we I think take we, they win oxygen there. out of water when we're underwater? Can we? Can we somehow? Like if, if we're talking about them using cheekily using our air to breathe by putting it into water, so why can't we use the air that's in the water? I suspect it's probably feasible, but I don't know what the relative relative concentration of oxygen is. You might need to circulate quite a lot of water. So again, but what, what I'm saying is, is they bulky. don't need to keep going back to get new water. They can just operate indefinitely, whereas we keep okay, having to go back mean, to get air. But yeah. look, look, look. Uh, Nick, you, you're, you're asking too many questions and getting into too many details. I'm scared. I, yeah, but we need a calmer heads. Well, I, I just wanted to clarify how yeah, fish no, works. But, but no, I, I want to hear from to Peter. More from Peter. So we've got to worry about them coming on land. It's going to be quite easy for them. I don't know how they're going to move around. Yeah, I think moving around is their biggest downfall. Really. Fish so, tank. So if we, if we, well, fish tank. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, so uh, yeah, so I think the physical defence to on beach on beaches and things to prevent their ingress might be quite simple, like a ditch or something, just mm. to stop them from... A wall. Uh, yeah, or, or a cliff. Wouldn't they just stand quite, So we wouldn't really need to um, defend against lots of parts of the world because it's already pretty rugged. They'd really struggle there. I think where, it, where, it, where, it, where the, the battleground will be places like uh, uh, Lincolnshire and um, and the flat parts of land there. Yeah, and, and Holland. And, yeah. and Holland. So that's yeah. woken Fraser up. He's, yeah. He knows he's on the front line. Yeah. yeah well, you're now. probably looking at the similar kind of beaches to the ones that we were worrying about in uh, World War Two. Yes. You know, you're looking for big, flat, you know, easily um, traversed. You can get from the land to a road. But, but Peter, how do they move around? What is the what is the approach uh, that they would take? Well, I, I, I uh, perhaps some sort of some sort of um, robotic augmentation. They, we can't rule out they haven't got that tech. Right. Right. Why so, wouldn't they just sit in a wheeled vehicle? Though, but full of and one of these water, like yeah, can a, they a small yeah. a small tank in a wheeled vehicle? I'm going to get a bit bumpy. Yeah, I think they I might think, spill themselves. I, I think, I'm assuming I'm assuming <laughs> that their military doctrine is probably on par with ours, and we've we've learned that uh, an entirely armoured 
battle formation is not sufficient. You need infantry and you need air in support of, uh, you know, supporting and being supported by the armor in order to, to, mm. to prevent. They could also deploy things like suicide blue whales and find a way of launching them and <laughs> dropping them just flat at us. I don't. But also that's sharks, not gonna be great very white effective. sharks. I think well, the area of effect of a blue whale is still quite low. But if you had enough yeah. of them. Yeah, I think you're wasting your blue whales if you do that because yeah. their blue whales are going to be they're the intellectual they're vanguard of the Yeah, yeah. they're going to be better in the sea. By the way, like, uh, just sorry, Chris, before, and also we need to go on to a couple of other ways. I've suggested a couple of other ways they might attack us, um, but I've been poo-pooed on those. Um, for being silly, but um, but anyway, I want to bring you, Chris. But just to say, talking about Lincolnshire, that suddenly got me worried. And talking about rising sea levels, Doggerland, hello, mm. right? I mean, they they started this stuff thousands of years ago. Yeah, because that used to, to be ours, and now they've taken it for right. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Chris. Well, I was just going to say about about sharks. Uh, you yeah. mentioned them. Um, they're, they're they're actually, I think sharks are overrated. Um, so you would assume, you know, or oh, crikey, you know, they'll bring out the 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 uh, the, the shock troops, the shock, yeah, the shock troops. troops, yeah. Um, but actually, uh, apparently, oh, in it's electric eels, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, they're, they're not overrated. I think overserated, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, there's some terrible puns going on here. Um, anyway, uh, there there are apparently um, uh, in 2022 there were only 57 uh, sort of recorded shark bites um, and on average between 2017 and 2021 against humans obviously uh, there were there were about 70 a year on average right 70 a year and in 2022 there were nine shark related deaths um, of it's which nine too many though we mustn't get well well true but that's that's nine out of seven billion so you know I think I think they, they might it'll take them a while to, to whittle us yeah, down at they, that they rate. might just be <laughs> they might be just they might just be very very well targeted attacks who's to yeah. say that that well, they didn't we, wipe yeah. out our entire spine they're assassins network. is what yeah. you're saying anyway get this right so nine um, shark related deaths in 2022 um, five only five of them were assigned as unprovoked really so that that begs two questions one <laughs> who's Who's provoking sharks yeah. to get themselves killed? Yeah. That doesn't sound terribly wise. But the majority of the attacks are unprovoked. That's quite damning, isn't I, it? I have heard... And maybe the other ones are false flag it's, operations. It's going in the dossier. I've yeah. heard that um, yeah. we kill 100 million sharks a year. Right. So, in, And I know it's not all about the numbers, but we're winning this war. 100 million? Yeah, apparently. That's quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Starting to wonder. A year? That, is that? Does that? <laughs> I know. I suppose we eat quite. Are a you lot. sure? I mean, that's probably including dogfish. Lesser, and yeah, 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 lesser species like dogfish and things. Um, by the way, I just had a wow. thought about you know potential uh, turncoats, and actually, I'm disappointed to say they're humans. Uh, surfers, mm. surfers, famously banging on about how the sea is great and respecting it and all that kind of stuff so mm. just keep an eye out for those um guys uh where do we go uh let, i think we need to move on a little well, let's bit let's talk about how this all ends yes i let's. mean you know this isn't a war that's going to be won overnight no um if it's winnable at all which mm. I'm, I'm i'm doubtful about what's the end game what are we going to achieve and you know what i guess in the peace negotiations oh. um what you know what are we going to give? What are they going to give us? How can we? How can we? How can we build a better future after all this bloodshed mm. um, for fish and mankind? I think for a start, we should maybe think about cut, cutting down or killing all 
so many sharks might sort of... I think in the, if the, uh, there was a table of grievances, I'd say that we've been a lot worse to fish than they've been to us. I think that's refreshingly, you know, yeah, yeah. Mm. Honest and self-aware, um, yeah. So you know how, um, you know, during the great sort of... Uh, uh, sort of man-made disasters like when we you know when when um europeans went to north america yeah. and just and just you know w sort of wiped out disease and war you know wiped out but when and then when we you know we colonized uh half the world and everything and at the time we were sitting there going you know i'm sure some people must have said we should this is we shouldn't be doing this right some people must have said that and now we look back and we go, actually, that wasn't really the best way to behave. But here we are. I, I feel a bit like that with fish. Like when you look at the numbers, how horrible we've been to fish. We need to t look ourselves in, in the mirror and say, it's time for us. We're the ones who should really, who should change our behaviour in all mm. of this. Just to say, just to I'm, pose the question. I think I'm, it's time to give something back to fish. Well, um, I, I'm open to that. Okay. I hope the Universal, fish love their children too. Yeah, Universal exactly. veganism. Yeah. Might be but just just for. to put it out there, really like tuna though. What would be the result if there were n no living stuff at all in the oceans? Could we get along all right without them? I doubt it. I'm yeah, trying, I, 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 I doubt I, it. I, I, I think I'm it's going to think it through, but I suspect the the whole global ecosystem would grind to a halt. Yeah, I suspect. Reckon, yeah? So the, the, yeah. the, the, an analogy is sort of having a proxy war with Russia while still buying their oil from them you know we we, yeah. we were dependent on the ecosystems there mm. in the same way that they are dependent on all the stuff that gets flushed out to sea yeah i just want to you know just ask the question um okay so okay i mean look if we talk about potential grievances against yeah. humanity or earth dwellers um land dwellers there's going to be a lot they killed right? steve Irwin. they did they right. did that was a warning shot uh, so weaver so, fish as well uh, what do they do? They 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 oh they um they they effectively in, on beaches you know not, it's sort of um, beaches used for leisure. Uh, I'm sure they do it all over the place, but they but it's particularly pronounced here. They bury themselves beneath the surface, sort of near near where the uh, the water's edge, yeah. um, and they have this really um, this really sharp uh, poisoned spine. Yeah. Um, that you know, children and other barefooted humans uh, tread on, and it's really painful. And and there's no it stings a bit, stings yeah. a bit, yeah. and there's no knowledge. And I don't really know. I've not not the looked into weaver fish. fish. I only know I only know it because I've seen somebody suddenly go down on the beach like they've been hit by a sniper. But it was a, a actually a weaver fish. Um, so it's very it's very painful. But I haven't I haven't yeah, studied I'll take them. Take it back. I, fish, I, are, fish are total I, shit. I, back. I, I don't know why they have this. Poison spot because so we could know, ask them to stop doing that. We stop could ask them to stop doing okay, that. Okay, yeah. so that's a concession they can give. We could mm. ask them to stop like to tone it down on the jellyfish. Right? Yeah, they're really annoying. We could ask them to stop crushing boats and stuff, but I think that that was more like they. Okay, so our demands are: weaver fish have got to just cut that out. Yeah, and um, ditto and, jellyfish and jellyfish just go somewhere where we aren't. Yeah, please. stay yeah. away from the fringes of our territory. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And what do we give back in return? I think we'd have to give quite back a lot, you know, like stop killing loads of them every day and year and, and you know, wiping them out. We, sh we should probably stop doing that. 
and trawling the oceans. Um, we should probably stop, cut down on the whole shark thing, like I said. Pollution. We should probably stop the yeah. whole, uh, cut down on the pollution, plum, pumping effluent and God knows what else into the seas. They, they, they probably, um, I mean, we I, could I, probably I could promise to continue a bit more of the global warming, although not the stuff that's going to, enough to help the seas. Yeah, right. I don't but think we don't want to increase acidity. Yeah, right. I don't but, think they're fans of that. Yeah, but yes. not so much that we kill all the coral. No. Um, there's probably more stuff, but they would probably yeah, be. Probably, they, I mean, they'd, they'd be reasonable for them to demand that we just stay out of the ocean altogether surface and subsurface except for maybe scientific exploration and trade yeah, yeah. And, and could as long as we keep getting the water because we do need it yeah, yeah. i and guess that that re is rain isn't it that does that they don't they're not really able to switch that off no but yeah and we can I mean, as a part of the agreement so you're staying out of the water i don't think it's totally realistic but i mean we can cut down on traffic in the mediterranean stuff like that and make them all go deaf and so on sure speed I mean, boats yeah, less speed. Well, I think the, the majority, the, the great majority of our um, imports are by sea. Obviously, uh, we do need, we do need. If they, you know, if the fish mounted an effective blockade, we'd be stymied. Yeah, yeah we would. So yeah. I think we would need that. I think you know this is nice. I feel you know that um, we we, 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 we prove that we're reasonable. Yeah, yeah? We, they, we, they might demand that we all, all trade sticks to. Shipping lanes, particular shipping lanes. Yeah, yeah, like a corridor, which we're allowed yeah. to use. Yeah, yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've covered this nicely. Good. Yeah. Um, and I can see that I'm in the midst of, you know, ex-defense intelligence people. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it's clear. Um, I think that about wraps it up, right? I think we've, we've nailed it. Mm. I've, got, I've got a question, but before we do, any last comments? Let me think of a question, unless you guys have got one. Um, best fish you've ever eaten. No. Yeah, I could do that. Oh, Although it God. seems a okay. bit seems a bit insensitive, <laughs> given that we've just <laughs> talked about how we it's time to start being nice to fish. Yeah, I mean, I've I got, do actually have an answer to that. Yeah, like, really incredible. Yeah, no, fish. great. I've got, I've got, yeah. I've, no, I've, I've got a question that will encompass that. So, uh, best watery experience. <laughs> water, best water related experience. Um, <laughs> Nick. Well, like. I'm going to go with I'm so, apologies to all our fish listeners, but mm. um, I do want to I want to answer the question about uh, best fish ever, um, because when I was in Japan, there was I was in this place where they had this sea bream festival and um, and basically they managed to use like every part of the sea bream. Um, and so we had we had sea bream, I think, sashimi. Then there was sea bream that you kind of dipped in uh, soup to cook it. Uh, a little bit and then at the end you ate the soup and the most the thing I was so most impressed by was they took the whole skeleton of the sea bream dusted it in kind of flour and deep fried it so it was like a crisp and you might think fish bone crisp that's not because bad, it's, it's going to be cartilage really yeah it's really yeah. like it just was delicious so yeah thanks sea breams your sacrifice was not in vain I did really enjoy it so maybe we can have that as an addendum in the in the peace agreements. Yeah, yeah we okay. can still get, get to have yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One sea bream, a few sea breams a year. Yeah, that's all yeah, we yeah. want. Yeah. Uh, anyone else? Best watery experience. <laughs> Chris must have one. Yeah, well, yeah. He's virtually a fish. Yeah. I, I mean, I do spend a lot of time in the sea, sea swimming, paddle boarding, surfing. So, so I, I'm, I'm a big fan. So if, if I were denied the sea, I, I, you know, perhaps I need to be more... Uh, respectful and appreciative of, of them allowing me to share their, their domain um, because yeah I, I love going in, in, in the sea generally I don't have a specific experience I, I did nearly drown once but um, uh, that wasn't a great experience so, so not drowning is probably the yeah. best experience yeah, no, anytime, anytime I've drowned. been in the sea yeah. and not drowned it's, yeah, it's yeah. been excellent thanks fish for allowing yeah. Chris to not yeah. drown yeah. <laughs>
Um, Peter? Um, not really. I mean, I, I'm definitely more of a land lover than a, than a sea person. I'd much rather be up a mountain walking or mountain biking than the sea. I've always found it, always been a bit distrustful of the sea. Can't and now we know why. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good answer in itself because the best thing about best water experience, not being near it. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never really liked beaches much. Hate sand. Um, and I definitely get that sort of anxiety about the deepness and not knowing what's below me when mm. I'm swimming in deep water. Mm. It's pr a primeval thing, mm. I think. Mm. Mm. Um, I'm like Chris. I mean, I'm a, a water lover. Um, I like being in it. Like being around it, near it, like drinking it. Yeah, um, good stuff. The whole lot. Yeah. Um, in North London, northeast London, there's a place called Ironmonger Row. Okay, mm. where you will find the Ironmonger Row baths, and they're old-fashioned kind of Victorian-type um, baths, which haven't been pontified. Really, kind of like working men sort of baths. All chaps together. All chaps in together. Without um, their chaps on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what's great is I don't think we do because I love a sauna. Um, we don't do saunas very well in this country. One of the things where we go wrong is you can't cool off properly in this country right. after, a, after a, a sauna, except at Ironmonger Row Baths. Right. They do it properly. Got they've, a plunge got pool. A, they've got an ice cold plunge pool. Excellent. And that is my best watery experience. Great. Thank you, water. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever Here's you to are. water. <laughs> <laughs> and all who sail in, over, and around you. And our Piscine brethren. Yes. Yes. Mm. We mean you no harm. We mean you no harm. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, as always, to listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew, been here with Nick Hare, Chris Ragg, and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Mm -hmm.